Bismillah. Okay. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Sallallahu ve sellem ala seyyidina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem. So we're starting today uh, a new series here on Sunday nights on a work called Risalat al-Mustarshidin. Risalat al-Mustarshidin. It's translated as Treaties for the Seekers of Guidance by Imam Al-Harith uh, uh, Al-Muhasibi. He's known as just Al-Muhasibi. And uh, he's kind of like, we'll, we'll get into some of the history and stuff like that. His work is actually translated. Uh, if you get the translation, I mean, if you speak Arabic, get Sheikh Abdul Fatah Abu Ghidda's tahqiq on it. This is hands down the best, alhamdulillah. And rahimahullah. But if you speak English, there's a translation of this that was done by Imam Zaid Shakir that has the translation and it has his commentary. And mashallah, you know, Imam Zaid's commentary is it's quite nice. So you can get benefit from that. Obviously, when we read the Arabic, we won't be covering Imam Zaid's commentary, but you could read it on your own, right? So you can see the text, then you can read his commentary, and then you can hear what we cover here, inshallah. Uh, sometimes people ask, how many sessions is it going to be? Wallahu a'lamu bis-sawab. And the usual answer is, we have no idea. So, I don't know. Actually, this is kind of standard for Sheikh Abdul Fatah's works. This much of it is his indices. So, that's not the book. And then every page of the book, if you see those lines on the top, what's above the line is the author, and what's below the line is Sheikh Abdul Fatah. So, the vast majority of the book is actually his comments and his uh, clarifications and stuff like that. So, uh, you know. The text itself is not that long, but Sheikh Abdul Fatah's comments, rahimahullah, are, are quite long. Um, Imam al-Muhasibi, he died in 243 after Hijrah. He was born in 165 and died in 243. So he's very early, you know, in, in terms of the classical period of Islamic scholarship. Uh, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa dies in 150. So he's born, uh, Muhasibi is born in 165, Abu Hanifa dies in 150, and Shafi'i is born in 150. And then Imam Ahmed is a contemporary of Al-Muhasibi. They knew each other. Um, probably the rest of what we need to know will come when it comes, inshallah. Okay, any questions before we begin? Side note, if you're buying Arabic books, this is the binding you want. See how it looks? Just look for that. This little thing in the middle and this design. This is the best binding on Arabic books. If it's bound like this, you, you're pretty confident it's not going to fall apart on you. It's very strong. Like it's, the book can go through a lot. Inshallah, it, it, will, it will stay intact. So if you look for it, look for that. Alright. Tell you... One of the great things about Sheikh Abdul Fatah's books is that you know you may notice like in Sheikh Fuad's classes for example that when you sit with a teacher and they comment on a text you get a whole lot more than the text right 
And one, one of the nice things about Sheikh Abdul Fattah's books is that it's as if you feel like as if you're sitting with him. And as if he's like explaining it word by word for you and breaking down everything and analyzing everything. And so there's really a tremendous benefit to be taken, alhamdulillah. Uh, so this book was printed a number of times, so there's a couple of different introductions. Oftentimes when they've been printed a couple of times, the Shaykh will do a new introduction on each version type thing. So uh, we're skipping the eighth introduction. Because it talks more about the technicalities of manuscripts and stuff like that. Um, so uh, we're going to go to the uh, sorry it's the, it's the introduction on the eighth print it's not the eighth introduction introduction on the eighth print we'll start with the introduction on the second print inshallah uh, I would be very surprised if we get past the introductions today there's two introductions from Sheikh Abdul Fattah uh, and then there's another one by Sheikh uh, Hassanin Makhlouf, who was the former Mufti of Egypt. And then there's another introduction from Sheikh Abdul Fattah, but we didn't, I didn't even get to taking notes on yet. That's like 40 pages in. So we'll see where we go, inshallah. So Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Qala al-Musannifu rahimahullah ta'ala wa nafa'allahu biyahu bi'arlumihi fiddarin. Ameen. Or I should say maybe rahimahumallah. Editor and the author, but today this is all uh, Sheikh Abdul Fattah. Okay, so just to be clear, what we're covering today is most likely we're not going to get to and Muhasibi. That will come after the introductions. Right now, Sheikh Abdul Fattah, who died um, in fourteen seventeen after Hijra. Okay, so. Uh, basically this book was when it was first printed it was widely accepted and loved and so on and so forth so as it was printed and as it was going out of publication like the copies were running out he worked on it again and um, you know one of the important things here is that one of the things that he did in the text is that he includes a lot of stories from the righteous people so in addition to what Imam Muhasibi writes, like he'll write something and then Shaykh Abdul Fattah will say this reminds us of the story of so-and-so who did this. And so it's really nice in that way. So he spends a little bit of time in the introduction talking about the importance of doing that. About sharing stories of righteous people and also about just mentioning the names of righteous people actually. And um, of course, he starts this by talking about the verse from the Qur'an That there's news that has come to them That has given them a reason to basically reflect and take heed And that news, then we should also exchange news, right? You hear good stories, you hear nice things uh, So he'll, he talks about that right now قال الإمام الجنيد رحمه الله تعالى حكايات جند من جنود الله تعالى يثبت الله بها قلوب أوليائه فقيل له هل لي هذا من شاهد فقال شاهده قوله تعالى وكل نقص عليك من أنباء الرسل ما نثبت به فؤادك This is such an interesting interaction subhanallah So basically what he's saying Imam Junaid who we covered before right Junaid he said this is his quote that the stories of righteous people they are soldiers from the soldiers of Allah by which Allah brings strength to the heart or firmness to the heart of those who are close to him. Okay, so this is his statement. His statement is 
stories of righteous people. Basically, it makes our heart firm on the truth and guides us to what is good, right? So then someone heard this from him. That person responded by saying, is there an evidence for this? Like, is there not an evidence, but like some like, where'd you get this from? Essentially, yeah. He immediately responds. He gives the verse from the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and from all of the people who came before or the messengers who came before or all of these things that came before, we give you stories about the previous messengers talking to the Prophet Sallallahu Allah is saying in the Qur'an, talking to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we give you the stories of these previous messengers and when we do that, it makes your heart firm. We make your heart firm by these stories. So he immediately, he said what he said and he knew exactly where he was coming from, right? It's an interesting interaction. وقال الإمام أبو حنيفة رحمه الله تعالى أن حكاياته عن العلماء ومحاسنهم أحب إلي من كثير من الفقه لأنها آداب القوم وأخلاقهم وشاهده قوله تعالى أولئك الذين هدى الله فبهداهم اقتدي وقوله سبحانه لقد كان في قصصهم عبرة لأولى الألباب Again, same thing. It's interesting. Abu Hanifa, he said, the Imam, the great Imam Abu Hanifa, the great Imam, who's known primarily for his imama, his imamship in fiqh, right? So he's saying in the law. He says the stories of the scholars and their good care, their, their noble virtues and traits are more beloved to me than much of fiqh. That's what he's known for, right? It's more beloved to me than much of fiqh because they are the etiquettes of an qawm, they are the etiquettes of the people who are seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their character. And he said, and the evidence of this is the verse from the Qur'an where Allah says, those are the ones whom Allah guided, so follow their guidance. Those are the ones whom Allah guided, so follow their guidance. So he's saying, this is why we do it. So why it matters to us. And in, their, in the another, another verse, in their stories, there is a means of reflection for those who have intellect. In their stories, there are means of reflection for those who have intellect. So what's interesting about this is what is he saying, essentially? He's saying like, look, he's the Imam of Fiqh, Imam Abu Hanifa. This Shafi'i said, Al-Nasu Iyalun ala Abi Hanifa. Shafi'i said that everyone, they're like the, the, they're the dependents of Abu Hanifa. When you talk about your children, they're Iyal because they're dependents. So everyone, when it comes to Fiqh, they're dependents on Abu Hanifa. So why is Abu Hanifa saying that these stories of the righteous people, they're more beloved to me than much of Fiqh? Because there's an understanding of I want to learn my religion, but I also need to figure out how to be in my religion. It's not, it's not sufficient to just have some pieces of information, right? The ruling on this, the ruling on that, so on and so forth. But I want to get an understanding for what is this supposed to do to me? What is it supposed to look like? So when I hear the stories of the righteous people, I get an understanding of that. I get a, get a deeper kind of like perspective on how this is supposed to go down, you know. In uh, another quote, قال محمد بن يونس رحمه الله تعالى ما رأيت أن فعل قلبي من ذكر الصالحين محمد بن يونس, Allah have mercy on him, he said I didn't find anything that's more beneficial for the heart than mentioning the righteous people mentioning righteous people, telling stories about them, stuff like this and قال مالك بن دينار رحمه الله تعالى أن حكاياته تحف الجنة وقال آخر استكثروا من الحكايات فإنها درر 
وَرُبَّمَا كَانَتْ فِيهَا أَدُرَّةٌ يَتِيمًا So he says that Malik ibn Danar said these stories, they are what encompasses Jannah. Okay, like they're the things that's going to take you to Jannah. As if you know all these stories of righteous people, it's going to lead you down that path. And someone else said, mention a lot of these stories because these stories are like pearls. And maybe in those pearls you'll get that one pearl that changes everything. And this is something that's interesting, right? When you think about human beings, you think about the way we interact with things. And our own lives, I'm sure we've heard this, right? Like, we expose ourselves to so many things that are good. And not all of them land, right? Or maybe not all of them are remembered explicitly. They're in our memory at some level. They're shaping us. They're informing us and so on. But not everything is like really hits it. But then there'll be like one statement where you're like, man, subhanAllah, that one really struck, you know? And it sits with you and it really affects you and it stays with you for time. Actually, in our trip, there's one of them. It's, subhanAllah, like there's things that, like even for us, when we think about it, it's surprising sometimes. Like, why did that thing, why did that one stick, you know? There was this moment when we were leaving and... You know, alhamdulillah, the kids, they did pretty well. You know, it's, it's not easy to go <laughs> to West Africa. <laughs> you know, we went through Istanbul. It was like a really long trip. And they did pretty good, alhamdulillah. And, and we were leaving, and we were in the airport, and we were in the line in the airport, and it was like really early in the morning. Like at that point, uh, we had to leave the place we were staying at 3 in the morning to go to the airport and go through all the things in the airport and stuff. So by that time, you know, the kids are pretty tired. Zakia's in the stroller, she's just out. She's been out for like two hours already at that point. <laughs> she was totally out. But Ismail, you know, he's like, he's, we put his bag on him and like you have to stand in line and have your bag and I know you're tired, but you can do it and so on and so forth. And we're standing in the line and the brother that we were with, you know, Allah bless him and protect him and bless his family. He was one of the local brothers. And he looked at Ismail and he saw that he was tired. And he told him, feeling tired, and he said, he said, yeah. And he just looked at him, and he said, it's not easy being a man. I was like, man, subhanAllah. Like, it really, it, probably you need a little bit more context, but throughout the week, it's really interesting. I don't know, again, you can't generalize too much, but the people we were with, at least, there was, like, a very clear emphasis on this is a young man and he has to be raised to be a man it's very clear in the interactions very simple things but like the way someone says salam the way they ask questions the way they refer to him the way they speak to him stuff like that so we experienced that like the whole week right not in like a very rude very mashallah very beautiful people very um, but like that message is there you know they say salam they call him like they call him big man stuff like that you know like there's you know, like, so then we're at this whole tr at the end of it that he looks at him and says it's not easy to be a man I was like man subhanAllah like that's it's like a, the right thing at the right time you know so that's what he's saying in this quote that when you read the stories of the righteous people you hear the stories of the righteous people not every there's pearls in them not every pearl you're going to notice but they might find that one pearl that really changes everything alright وقال سفيان بن عيينة رحمه الله تعالى عند ذكر الصالحين تنزل الرحمة. We mention this all the time, right? 
the Sufyan ibn Uyayna, he's one of the mujtahid imams in the time of the four imams. He said that when you mention the righteous people, mercy descends. When you mention the righteous people, mercy descends. So this is why one of the things, actually, if you read Shaykh Abdul Fatah's books, one of the things you get out of it is you learn about the prominent names in Islamic history. Even in translation. If you read his book on the value of time, read his book on Islamic manners. Because I read these books before we went and studied. They were like my favorite books before. And you realize that, okay, so all these people he's referring to, those are the people we're going to read about later on, you know? So he'll always do that. He'll give you, this is who said it, this is who their name is. By the time you leave the book, you know like a hundred names. Maybe you don't know a lot about them, but you know a little bit. Like you're familiar with the name and so on. Because just the mentioning of the name of righteous people, mercy descends. And this is why... Um, uh, there's, there's a quote in the bottom from Sheikh Abdul Fattah's comments. <laughs> Even his comments, his, his words, there's comments on. <laughs> so how, how thorough his editing is, right? So these are his words in the introduction, but his words have comments on them too. So he says, قال الإمام الحافظ بن صلاح رحمه الله تعالى في كتابه معرفة أنواعي من الحديث on page 209 في النوع روينا عن أبي عمرو إسماعيل بن نجيد أنه سأل أبا جعفر أحمد بن حمدان النيسابوري وكان عبدين صالحين فقال له بأي, بأي نية أكتب الحديث فقال ألستم ترون أن عند ذكر الصالحين تنزل الرحمة قال نعم قال فرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم رأس الصالحين هذا كلام جميل كلام جميل he said that again like you read his stuff you get introduced to the library so he brings you now a quote from Ibn Salah in his book on uh, Hadith Sciences. Ibn Salah's book on Hadith Sciences is like the, the uh, you could say it's like the primary text. A lot of things go back to it. So he quotes this quote of Abu Amr Ismail ibn Nujayd that he asked Abu Jafar Ahmed ibn Hamdan and they were both righteous people. And he asked him, when I write Hadith, what intention should I have? Right? So these people, they're people of hadith So they, they would, this is how they learn the hadith They sit down, they hear the hadith, they write the hadith They narrate it, so on and so forth He said, when I sit and I narrate these hadith And I write these hadith, what intention should I have? He said, don't you uh, Don't you narrate the saying That when the righteous people are mentioned, mercy comes down? He said, yes And he said, then know that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Is the pinnacle of all righteous people well, Look at his intention so when you write the hadith, you know, like you're talking about the Prophet them, you're mentioning the Prophet them over and over and over and over again. If, if mercy descends when you mention righteous people, what happens when you mention Rasulullah them? Of course, it's like a different thing. So look at these people have this awareness and this understanding. Uh, and then he continues in the comments. These are pieces I've chosen, by the way. There's far more than uh, what I'm saying. وقد استحب سارتنا المحدثون قديما إراد الحكايات المرققة في خلال مجالس الحديث الشريف أو في خواتيمها ترويحا للجنان وتنشيط للأذهان روى الإمام الحافظ المحدث أبو سعد السمعاني في كتابه أدب الإملاء والاستملاء عن صفح عن في صفحة 70 عن الحافظ الثبت النبيل the following so he says that the tradition of the hadith scholars in the past was that when they would sit to narrate hadith and stuff like that, they would bring in these little stories 
because it motivates, it keeps people's energy going, you know. So you do like a little bit heavy stuff, and then you tell a nice story, and it keeps you going, and it keeps the mind sharp and stuff like that. And he narrates the following story uh, in that, uh, which basically I already said. Someone else said the same thing than what we quoted before, that uh, when you're narrating these hadith, then mention a lot of these nice stories, because maybe you'll find that priceless pearl in those stories. Maybe the person will find that priceless pearl. And then Shaykh Abdul Fattah goes back, he says, وَمِنْ أَجْلِ هَذَا لَتَزَمْتُ غَالِبًا غَزْوَ الْأَقْوَالِ وَالْوَقَاعِ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا اسْتَنْزَالِنَا الْرَحْمَةِ بِذِكْرِهِمْ كَمَا اسْتَنْزَمْتُ كَمَا التَّزَمْتُ غَالِبًا إِنْشَاءَ التَّرَحُمِ وَالتَّرَدِّ عَلَيْهِمْ لِكَرِيمِ سَيْرِهِمْ وَطِيبِ عِطْرِهِمْ فَقَدْ قَالَ الْإِمَامُ أَبُو مُحَمَّدِ التَّمِيمِيَ الْحَنْبَلِي رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَقْبُحُ بِكُمْ أَنْ تَسْتَفِيدُوا مِنَّا ثُمَّ تَذْكُرُونَا وَلَا تَتَرَحَمُوا عَلَيْنَا It's a good statement. He says, Shaykh Abdul Fatah says, So because of this, everything that came before, this is why I always say where things came from. And I mention the names of these people because in their mentioning, there's mercy that comes down. And usually when I do that, I will also make dua for Allah to have mercy on them or for Allah to be pleased with them. Uh, because they were noble and good people. And uh, the Imam Abu Muhammad al-Tamimi, uh, he said, it is an ugly thing for you to benefit from us and then you mention us and you don't make dua for Allah to have mercy on us. So what is he saying? Like this is again... When we start these texts, we always make this du'a, right? This is how the author says the following, and may Allah benefit us and them from their knowledge in this life and the next. So basically we're making du'a for the author every time we start reading from the book. Because this is like, there's a connection. It's meant, there's meant to be a connection. It's not like I just benefit from these people's work and their books and their life and so on and so forth, and I don't even make du'a for them. Now how is there going to be any benefit from it, right? Uh, one of the brothers that we were studying with used to say that he likes to read about the biographies of people and stuff like that so that when he reads their books he can have some respect for them like I can think about okay even modern people by the way sometimes you in modern people you know like maybe they spent 10 years on a certain book so when I know that and I sit down with their book there's some edab that's there right like Man, this person spent 10 years on this. You know, 10 years is a long time of their life and research and review and going back and going again and checking again. And I guess it makes you deal with the book differently. Right? And that adab is essential to everything in Islam. As soon as we lose adab, we lose everything. So that adab is what brings life to the heart also. We have adab and then Islam is supposed to be beautiful. People who do Islam are supposed to be beautiful. You know? People always, a lot of people, you know, again, with, with our trip to the Gambia, people are like, so, uh, it's, it's normal, it's what you would expect. People are like, so you went and like, did you attend like some classes or something? It's like, no, actually the Sheikh doesn't really talk. They're like, what? <laughs> what do you say? You know, like, you sit, every night we go and we have iftar and Sheikh just sits there and like, teases some people and makes fun of some people and talks to them and asks people how they're doing and we eat dinner and everyone goes home. Probably that's what you do. It's like, yeah, because the business is not talking all the time. The business, the actual issue is, what is the person doing? How are they acting? How are they behaving? How is that impacting the other people around them? Like, you know, at some point, uh, like, talk is cheap, right? 
American culture is the same. We say the same thing. Talk is cheap at some point. Like I want to see uh, what is this person. Allah forgive us. I know my wife at some point she had a policy. I don't know what she's going to do. Maybe I shouldn't make it about her. But there was something that we would think about sometimes with religious teachers and stuff. Is like, I don't want to know just the qualifications of the person. I want to see how they treat their family. See, like, how are they with their wife? How are they with their children? How do they treat the elderly? How do they treat children? How do they treat the poor? You know, I want, I want to see those things. Uh, anyone can give a lecture, you know. And mashallah, our people, we, we really like lectures. I don't just mean in classes, like in our houses, we, we like to lecture a lot. <laughs> it's like always lecturing. <laughs> Allah forgive us. Allah help us. Then he quotes a statement of Imam al which reminds me of, the, speaking of which, reminds me of the time that I got yelled at after Fajr prayer in ICOI for doing this. <laughs> you're like, look at the dissonance. Look at, like, our people have problems sometimes. You know, alhamdulillah, there's a lot of good in our people too. But sometimes, like, there's a serious problem in your head, in your heart. If, like, you come to Fajr prayer, you get out of bed. I think it was Ramadan too, actually. You get out of bed and you come to Fajr prayer and you pray in the masjid. And afterwards, look, look at what the person was yelling at me about. Is that I mentioned someone who was not a Sahabi and I said radiallahu anhu. Think about like the in Ghabawadi, you know? And subhanAllah I had just read this quote. <laughs> I had just read this quote. So I was prepared, alhamdulillah. And the the other person starts yelling at me. And I was like, okay. So you're really sure that I shouldn't say radiallahu anhu for anyone other than a Sahabi? Absolutely, you cannot say radiallahu anhu for anyone other than a sahabi. Okay, so what should we say? So just say rahimahullah. Okay, alhamdulillah. I said, do you have anything to like back up your position? <laughs> That's just the way it is. Okay, alhamdulillah. I said, if I bring you something from someone, will it help you change like your opinion? Whatever. Then I had the quote. I had memorized it. يُسْتَحَبَّ التَّرَدِّي وَتَرَحُمْ عَلَى الصَّحَابَةِ وَالتَّابِعِينَ فَمَنْ بَعْدَهُمْ مِنَ الْعُلَمَاءِ وَالْعُبَادِ وَسَائِرِ الْأَخْيَارِ فَيُنْقَالَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَوْ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ وَنَحْوَ ذَلِكَ This is Imam al-Nawawi. Imam al-Nawawi said this. He said it's recommended to say التَّرَدِّي وَلَا تَرَحُمْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ وَرَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ May Allah be pleased with them. May Allah have mercy on them. For the Sahaba and the generation after the Sahaba and the people after them from the scholars and the righteous people, whoever they might be. So we should always say radiallahu anhum wa rahimahullah. Of course, everyone knows this. Like, you don't need a quote to know this. It's like, I need uh, evidence to make du'a for someone. It's, it's very strange. Like, but oh, may Allah help us to get our heads right. Qala Abdul Fattah rahimahullah. Thumma inna dhikr al-ulamai al-mu'tabirin wal-abad al-salihin biwasf al-ta'zim wal-ajnari huwa min sulb al-amani bil-ilm. ومن متطلبات العلم أيضا وليس هو من التطوين أو الفضول في شيء كما يحسبه بعض العصريين تقليدا منهم للمستشرقين 
فتراهم يقتطعون أسماء أئمة المؤلفين اقتطاعا ويختزلون اختزانا كأنها أرقام حسابية الله It's a very interesting statement عبد الفتاح said when you mention righteous people and the scholars to do so with some level of respect putting some respect on their name to use it American usage then that is actually part of knowledge and acting upon knowledge and it's not an unnecessary elongation as some of the modern scholars some of the modern writers thought because they copied the orientalist in that and you see them they just mention names and they throw around names and stuff and they never make dua for any of them and they treat them like numbers he said they treat them like numbers so no, this person's name that you're mentioning, that's a person, that's a human being. They lived and they had a life and they had a community and they had a family. And they're with Allah now. And they're in their grave. And when we say Rahimahullah, it means something. They're not just a number. Right? So this is a really interesting statement actually from Shaykh Abdul Fatah. Like it shows you like people are not like things, you know. People human beings are human beings. They have an honor and they have a dignity in their life and they have an honor and they have a dignity. In their death. passage. I must have highlighted it for a reason. So we're just going to read it. Ahmed ibn Irfan al-Shaheed He said وَقَدْ تَوَاضَعَتِ الطَّبَاعِ وَالسَّلِيمَ وَالْأَذْوَاقِ الصَّحِيحَ عَلَى مَعْرِفْتٍ فَضْلٍ لِأَهْنِهِ وَلِأَعْتِرَافِ بِالْجَمِيلِ وَشُكْرِ مَنْ أَسْدَى إِحْسَانًا وَدَافَ عَنْ بِلَادٍ أَوْ أُمَّةٍ وَقُتِلَ دُونَ عِرْدِهَا وَكَرَامَتِهَا أَوْ دِينِهَا وَعَقِيدَتِهَا وَقَدْ أَطْبَقَتْ الْأُمَمُ الَّتِي اَعْتَدَلَتْ فِطْرَتُهَا وَصَلَحَ مِزَاجُهَا عَلَى تَخْلِيلِ ذِكْرِهَا أُولَاءِ الْأَبْطَالِ اعْتِرَافٍ بِالْجَمِيلِ وَتَشْجِيعٍ لِأَبْنَاءِ الْأُمَّةِ عَلَى تَقْلِيلِهِمْ حَتَّى كَانَ الْجُنْدِيَ الْمَجْهُولِ مَوْضِعِ عِنَايَةِ الْأُمَّةِ الْغَرْبِيَةِ وَاحْتِمَامِهَا Yeah, okay. So he starts saying that and what you see from people, not just Muslims, is that when you find people who are kind of like heroic, you know, they did something good, they did something beautiful, they sacrificed their life or their self for some bigger cause and so on and so forth, then any nation or any people who have some sort of goodness inside of them, some fitra inside of them still, you'll find that they will glorify these people. They'll hold them up with some sort of esteem and they'll respect them and they'll honor them and so on and so forth. Because that's part of having actually a sound fitra, he's saying. Um, and to the extent that even this idea of like the unknown soldier has some level of respect to it because you he says وَأَمَّا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَأَتْبَعُ الرُّسُلِ صَلَوَاتُ اللَّهِ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِمْ فَحَظُّهُمْ مِنَ الْإِعْتِرَافِ بِالْجَمِيلِ وَالشُّكْرِ عَلَى الْإِحْسَانِ وَالنِّعْمَةِ أَوْفَرُ مِنْ كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ وَطَائِفَةٍ He said as for the believers and the followers of the prophets may Allah's peace and mercy be upon them then their right to acknowledging beautiful things and having gratitude for the good that is done to them and to others is even greater like if that's what people who don't have messengers do what about people who have messengers like they should really understand the idea of uh, acknowledging the good that comes from somebody وَقَرْ وَصَفَ اللَّهُ مُؤْمِنِينَ بِالْعِرْفَانِ لِلْجَمِيلِ وَالدُّعَاءِ لِمَنْ سَبَقْ وَالْإِقْرَارِ بِالتَّقَدُّمِ وَالْفَضْلِ فَقَالَ وَالَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِنْ بَعْدِهَمْ يَقُولُونَ 
ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم. He says so Allah talks about the believers in the Quran and describes them as being people who acknowledge the good that is done. In Irfan bin Jamil, they acknowledge the good that is done. And they pray for the people who came before them and they respect what they put forward. Okay? And Allah said in the Quran, as for those who come after them, they say, Our Lord, forgive us and forgive our brothers who came before us in Iman. And don't make in our hearts any sort of bad feelings towards those who believe. Allah, you are merciful and you are kind. So this is a verse in the Quran, right? وَوَصَفَ اللَّهُ الْكُفَّارِ وَأَهْلَ النَّارِ بِنْ كُنُودِ وَالْجُحُودِ وَنُكْرَانٍ جَمِيلِ وَلَعْنٍ لَاحِقِ السَّابِقِ وَكُرْهِهِ لَهُ وَالتَّبَرِّ مِنْهُ فَقَالَ عَنْ أَهْلِ جَهَنَّمْ كُلَّمَا دَخَلَتْ أُمَّةٌ لَعَنَتْ أُخْتَهَا So he said, and the opposite is the way Allah talks about the disbelievers. The disbelievers, he describes them as being people who they don't acknowledge good and they reject the good that other people do and the people who come later they curse the ones who come before and Allah says in the Quran about hellfire every time a new group of people enters hellfire they curse the, they curse the other ones so they do the opposite right? it's important that these, these are not small things these are important psychological tendencies psycho-spiritual tendencies right? so uh, you know may Allah forgive us and those who come before us 603. Oh, Alhamdulillah, it's still early. Keep going. فحقه متأكد ونفعه في الآخرة متأبد وبره أولى وأتم Such beautiful language, subhanAllah وحقوقه أشد وأعظم فينبغي الاحترام والتعظيم له ولكل من ينسب إليه وأن يتحلق, وأن يتخلق معه بالآداب التي ذكرها العلماء انتعم. So I'm going to read this and I know immediately Many people's heads are going to go to spiritual abuse cases. And that's understandable. And yet, we cannot throw out the baby with the bathwater. Okay? So, don't ignore bad things that happen. They're real and they're bad. And they should be, um, you know, avoided. And they should be, when bad things happen, they should be called what they are. And at the same time, this is still true. Uh, and before I read this, I'll mention that I remember something that struck me when I was reading West African uh, slave narratives. Some of you may have seen this. Like in, there's, a, there's a handful of slaves who we have their narratives, right? Like they wrote about their lives before they were forced into slavery and so on. And two of them that I read, they did something really interesting. It's the first thing that they, they say, I am so-and-so, right? What you would imagine comes after that is, I am so-and-so, and this is my father, this is my family, this is my tribe, so on and so forth, right? Before they said that, they said, I am so-and-so, and my teacher was so-and-so, and so-and-so. And then after that, they said, 
and my father was so and so, and my family was so and so, and so. I was and two people, two separate narratives did the same thing. I thought this was really interesting, right? But understand that in light of uh, what he's about to say. Not he. This is a quote from uh, from a different book. It's not Sheikh Abdul Fatah. It's a quote from another book. He says, "When Allah has given someone uh, the blessing of taking knowledge from good teachers and learning from them." then that person should have gratitude and they should mention the good qualities of, of their teachers um, and make dua for them and say radiallahu anhum and this is very important it's not clear here by the way whether or not this he's referring to people whose teachers are still alive the etiquette can be slightly different for someone who's still alive right? like someone who's passed away and we're kind of clear on what their position, you know, how things went it's pretty, it's different uh, Someone's still alive Like for example, like if you uh, Like I, I, I love Sheikh Fuad Maybe you go to Wednesday class with Sheikh Fuad Maybe you see good from him You probably shouldn't be like making Facebook posts About how beautiful he is and how great he is And how things you learn from him It's just not like, it doesn't benefit yeah. If you want to invite someone to the class Alhamdulillah, that's fine So I went to this class, I'm finding benefit from it So on and so forth but you don't need to go out and be like, you know, he's Sheikh al-Shuyukh and mashallah and this and that. It's not good for him. It's probably not good for anyone else either. <laughs> you know, subtle things here and there, it's fine. I, you don't have to go the op opposite extreme either. But subtle things here and there, it's okay. Inshallah, you know. Because la na'man ala ahad. In the end, uh, we don't know what anyone is going to be in the end. Uh, people change, things happen sometimes. You know, Allah, Oh Allah, who's, you know, who keeps our, changes our hearts, make our hearts firm on your deen, Ya Allah. May Allah protect us and our families and our loved ones. Anyways, he says you should make dua for them. Because uh, what the, because he says, because what the Shaykh gives the student. Leads to, their here, leads to their happiness in the hereafter. And because of that, they are of even higher position than the person's parents. And they have the same sanctity as the person's parents and even more. Uh, because the shaykh is giving the person what benefits them in the hereafter. And this could be true. Sometimes people have parents, mashallah, who will do that. But sometimes like... Our teachers actually have more right over us than our parents. Like maybe our parents didn't always, maybe they gave us some good advice, but maybe they didn't give us other good advice and so on. And, you know, we benefit from these teachers. Machine. It's enough. Then he says something beautiful, subhanAllah. This is now Shaykh Abdul Fatah. This is a quote he brings before and then he talks about himself. So this is the quote. Uh, one of the early people. He said, I wrote this book 
because I was hoping that if I write this book there will be a reward that remains after me and that I will get reward for it and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to benefit me for what I wrote and anyone who comes along and learns from it to benefit them as well and anyone uh, who has good character and they've benefited from what I've written then you know it's from the proper etiquette that they make dua for me and uh, you know they ask Allah to forgive me basically And then he says, the person says, فَمَا عَلِمْتُ أَنَّ لِشُغْلِي وَتَعَبِي بِتَأْلِيفِ هَذَا الْكِتَابِ وَإِشْبَاهِ فَائِدَةً فَمَا عَلِمْتُ فَائِدَةً أَعْظَمَ مِنْ أَنْ يَتَرَحَمَ عَلَيَّ مِنْ أَجْلِهِ مُتَرَحِمُونَ أو يَسْتَغْفِرَ لِي عند قراءته مُسْتَغْفِرُونَ أو يَذْكُرَ لِي مِنْ خَيْرِ ذَاكِرٌ فَرَحِمَ اللَّهُ مَنْ بَادَرَ إِلَى مَا uh, so he says that He says so I didn't find any benefit For me in writing this book Anything greater than That someone will come along and they'll read this book And they'll ask Allah to have mercy on me is, He's a very early person by the way Mecca ibn Abi Talib he's, uh, 437 he passed away So he's writing early He's saying maybe someone will come afterwards They'll read my book They'll say rahimahullah They'll make dua that Allah has mercy on me They'll do these beneficial things for me and if that happens, then there's nothing more better than that. Right? It's actually really beautiful. And then Shaykh Abdul Fattah, he says, uh, he says, وَلَعَبْدُ الدَّعِيفُ وَعَبْدُ الْفَتَّاحِ يَقُونُ بِمِثْلِ مَا قَالُ وَاللَّهُ يَجْزِي الْمُتَسَدِّقِينَ وَالْمُحْسِينِينَ He says, and the needy servant, Abdul Fattah, says what the author said, and Allah rewards those who give in charity and those who do good. He's saying, this, what, what am I going to get? Eventually I'm going to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's going to benefit me if someone reads my book and they say, Rahimahullah, Rahimahullah, Rahimahullah. So if you hear the names of these people, make dua for them. Inshallah, people will come after us who remember the things that we did. We as in all of us. And they'll say, Rahimahullah. And they'll say, may Allah have mercy on them. And that would be of great benefit of us. وَقَدْ كَانَ كِبَارُ الْأَئِمَّةِ مَنَ السَّلَفِ إِذَا ذُكِرَ الصَّانِحُونَ فِي مَجْلِسِهِمْ تَأَدَّبُوا فِي هَيْئَةِ جُدُوسِهِمْ رِعَايَةً لِمِقَامَ الصَّانِحِينَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا غَائِبِينَ فَلَا أَقَلَّ مِنْ أَنْ نَتَرَاحَمَ عَلَيْهِمْ نَحْنُ الْخَلَفِ إِنْ فَاتَنَا التَّأَدَّبُوا عِنْدَ ذِكْرِهِمْ He says, so the etiquette of the previous people was that when a righteous person would be mentioned in their gathering, they would even change the way they sit. And they would they would be very polite and very well mannered and so on. He said, and so he says, so if we're not going to do all of that, the least we can do is say Rahimahumullah. The least we can do is make dua that Allah has mercy on them. Uh, and there's uh, there's a remarkable story here actually of Imam Ahmed. So imagine, like Imam Ahmed is a it's a big figure, right? One of the four Imams, Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal. Uh, and the story is told about him. Uh, it's told by Abu Zur'a al-Razi. Abu Zur'a al-Razi also is a huge figure in hadith. And Imam Ahmed is a huge figure in hadith. So Abu Zur'a, he says, كُنْتُ عَنْدَ أَحْمَدِ بِنْ حَمْبَلْ وَذُكِرَ عَنْدُهُ إِبْرَاهِيمِ بِنْ طَهَمَانِ أَحَدُ الْعُلَمَاءِ السُّلَحَاءِ الْمُتْوَفَى سَنَةَ مِئَةَ ثَلَاثَ وَسِتِينَ الَّذِي قِيلَ فِيهِ عِنْدَ مَوْتِهِ لَمْ يُخَلِّفْ so what does he say? Abu Zura says, I was with Ahmed ibn Hanbal 
And in this gathering that we're in, a man named Ibrahim ibn Tahman was mentioned. And it was said about, it's, it's said about Ibrahim ibn Tahman that he was a righteous scholar. And it was, said that, it was said when he died that he didn't leave anyone behind that was like him. And he was unique, right? So when this person was mentioned, Imam Ahmed was leaning. He was kind of like half laying, leaning down a little bit. And when he heard his name, he sat up straight. وَقَالْ لَا يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يُذْكَرَ الصَّانِحُونَ And by the way, he was leaning because it says كَنَ مُتَّكِيًا مِنْ He was leaning because he had like some sickness. You know, he was not fully well, so he was kind of leaning a little bit. So when the person was mentioned, he sat up. And he said, it's not appropriate for us if the righteous people are mentioned that we sit in this way. This is Imam Ahmed. Uh, again, like people, we hear these things, we read these, well, that's extreme, you don't have to do that. So who are we taking our religion from? Like, I, I want to take my religion from Imam Ahmed. If Imam Ahmed thinks that's important enough, then that's something that I want to pay attention to. Is it fard? No, it's not fard. Do you have to do it? No, you don't have to do it. If someone doesn't do it, should you look down on them? No, you shouldn't look down on them. But if someone has this love for righteous people and because of that they do this thing, that's a good thing. Alhamdulillah. We should encourage good. Uh, in another narration, it was said that كَنَ مُسْتَنِدًا فَأَزَالَ ظَهْرَهُ وَقَالَ لَا يَنْبِغِي إِنْ يَجْلِي ذِكْرُ الصَّانِحِينَ وَنَّحْنُ مُسْتَنِدُونَ So that he was leaning on something and when this righteous person was mentioned, he sat up. And he said, it's not appropriate for us that if a righteous person is mentioned, we lean back. Or we sit up straight. Again, you know, you don't have to... Don't make it more than it needs to be, but also kind of understand uh, where it's coming from. Okay? It says, so, so sitting with righteous people and hearing about them and talking about them and, and uh, reading about their stories and their righteous deeds and so on and so forth it brings calm to the heart and it brings tranquility to the chest and it rectifies the character of the person okay uh, because when we hear these things at least we have something that we can aspire to and the poet he said he said, try to, be, try to imitate good people if you can't be like them. Because in the imitation of noble people is one success. I mean, just try to be like them. And, uh, uh, you know. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Umar, Sayyidina Umar, he said, if it wasn't for three things in this life, I wouldn't have wanted to stay in it. The number one thing is that I can prepare an army to go fight for the sake of Allah. Said the Umar, right? <laughs> prepare an army to go fight for the sake of Allah. Number two is to stay up in the night and pray and worship. And number three uh, is to sit in the company of righteous people whose speech, I can choose the best of their speech the way a person chooses the best of the dates on the tree. I can listen to them and be like, ah, oh, look at that thing this person said. This, this piece right here, that's like ripe fruit. <laughs> I'm going to take that. So these are the three things. 
to prepare an army. Otherwise, he says, I don't want to be in this dunya anymore. One is to prepare an army for the sake of Allah. Look how comprehensive it is, by the way. One is to prepare an army for the sake of Allah. The second one is to pray in the night. third one is to sit with righteous people and hear beautiful speech. Uh, and then Shaykh Abdul Fatah says, so you'll see me, I like to say where I heard things from. This is, I think, in, in like our modern social media world, this issue has become a disaster. People are quoting stuff all the time or attributing stuff to themselves all the time and it's not even theirs. Like they read some beautiful thing online and then they put it as their own, their own thing and then they like put a background on it and get some view, whatever you get from that. You know, it's like amazing, subhanAllah. He says, but every time we mention something, we mention where it came from. And he said, وَلَوْ كَانَتْ قَصِيرَةً أَوْ صَغِيرَ ذَلِكَ لِأَنَّ الْكَلِمَةَ إِذَا عُرِفَ مَصْدَرُهَا وَأُضِيفَتْ إِلَى قَائِلِهَا تَبَدَّ مَعْنَاهَا عَلَى كَمَالِهِ وَتَمَامِهِ وَعَظُمَ وَقْعُهَا وَقَبُولُهَا فِي النُّفُوسِ نَظْرًا لِتَثَبُّتِ نَاقِلِهَا وَالصِّدْقِ قَائِلِهَا Subhanallah. أو شهرة إخلاصه أو دينه أو علمه أو تقواه أو زهده أو ورعه فتكون معرفة قائنها من تمام أدائها لمعناها أو من تمام المعنى المراد بها. He says because when you say where you got the thing from, it has a bigger impact on the person who hears it because of the goodness of the person that said it, or the righteousness of the person who said it, or the well how well known they were for their sincerity and for their deen and for their knowledge and their taqwa and all of these other things. So when the person then knows who said this thing, then it means more to them. That's the first introduction. I think it's an appropriate place to stop. I don't know. Marcus, should I stop or should I keep going? Dinner's almost here. Keep going. Any questions about this or comments on this? Do you want to discuss anything else? We can close. It's very windy, mashallah. kind of gatherings, uh, gatherings uh, where righteous people are mentioned, where good is being done, and those are gatherings that the angels are present in. So part of the angelic presence is that there's mercy that comes with that. So yeah, that's, that's good, that's beautiful. Inshallah. I think actually the next section is better to do, uh, the next two sections are better to do next time, kind of like independently. So... Maybe we'll stop here. Any other questions about this? Yes. Or comments or anything? This, yeah. Like about? about? Something else. Okay. Sure. Wow, this introduction, mashallah, is very substantial. Jadir might have it. Jadir might have it. It's pretty like it's a pretty well known book. Jeru might have it. Um, if he doesn't have it, he can get some copies, inshallah. Okay. Sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad wa Let me just stop this live stream. Stop the recording, inshallah.